I'm Dr. Heather Monthy from the About the Tea and STEM podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to the Instant Relevance Podcast. The Instant Relevance Podcast is an educational podcast featuring the latest news and resources to make learning relevant for all students. Follow us on Twitter at InstantRel. Instant Relevance Podcast. Uh, we are incredibly excited today to have Sunil Singh with us. And uh, Sunil and I have been connected on Twitter and social media and in, and in person, thankfully, over the last couple of years now uh, in our math education space as it comes closer and closer and closes down on us here a little bit. Uh, and uh, Sunil is the author of uh, Pie of Life, The Hidden Happiness of Mathematics, and is the co-author of Math Recess, Playful Learning in an Age of Disruption, as well as a math learning specialist at BuzzMath, uh, which is headquartered in Canada, which is where Sunil lives. So uh, we welcome you with us here on the Instant Relevance podcast. And as math teachers, math coaches, math professional developers right now, Raymond and I are uh, absolutely incredibly interested in what is driving your passion and what is moving you forward and what is uh, at the forefront of your relevance message in your career and your your learning right now wow um well first of all good evening uh Dennis. uh it's nice to connect and uh, connect to this podcast and uh, i know we have about 20 25 minutes and i like the format of this podcast so i'm very excited to be here uh, this evening so what is it that's uh that's priming your pump so to speak it's it's the thing that that is is taking you and saying like Every day you wake up, I got to think about this. I'm thinking about this. It's on my mind in, in your career. Well, it's, you know, everything has been kind of in flux for the last couple of years. So if we would have done this podcast even six months ago, I would probably give you a different answer. Um, but I think the, I, I, I teach physics too. So I'm going to use this word vector uh, because, you know, a vector has both magnitude and direction. And I, mm -hmm. I think the amount of energy uh, and direction which I'm heading in terms of math education, um, it's it's more towards the idea of um, humanity, equity, and uh, wellness. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be invited to, um, uh, as one of the board of directors of the Human Restoration Project, which has a more macro global idea of uh, really exact as the name implies, you know, to restoring the humanist in education. And for me, that's interesting intersection because how much humanity is there currently in math ed and, uh, you know, or, or, you know, where do we take it from here? And I think the predominant culture that we've all, I mean, I went through it too as a, as a student, um, it's, it's a performance culture. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure even if kids get, you know, A's and gold stars and perfect papers. I mean, what's the end game of that? So uh, for me, 
right now it's it's finding the humanity of mathematics, which which means also looking in the rearview mirror and looking at the history of mathematics and the history of math education. So that's really um, <laughs> where my jam is right now. I really like how you put that put the humanity back in math education. That's uh, that's a good way to put it because I am constantly fighting the battle of uh, kids' relationship with math. I teach middle school. And I'm on the ground floor, kind of fighting that battle every day, student by student. Um, I've seen that you've written a couple books advocating for math. I actually wanted to read a, uh, uh, a caption from the back. Through rich storytelling and powerful examples, Singh and Brownell make a clear case for upending math education as we know it and replacing it with an ideology we can all embrace. Mathematics is and can be deeply learned through play. And that was from Dennis Sheeran, the author of uh, Instant Relevance and Hacking Math. So um, That sounded a little familiar there. <laughs> um, I bring that up because you're advocating for this change, and I hear a lot of this stuff, you know, as a math teacher, and I, you know, try to echo it as much as possible. And I know you're out there on the ground floor talking to people, even getting in this macro um, sense talking about even the humanity of math education. Um, I guess my question is, what do you think is keeping us from this change? Well, it's it's uh, it's kind of funny you just asked me that question because before I came on here, I, I just put another tweet out on Twitter saying if we were to start math education today from scratch, from the ground floor, would we create what we have now? And if the answer is no, why not? And then I went on to say, if the answer involves me listening to Pink Floyd, then that's not acceptable. Like if you start to cite institutional and that's the way it is and oh, the system, like th those words, they kind of, we know they're in place, but I mean, if, if we're going to um, have any, and for me change, I, I, I'm all for change, but I'm also for organic change. So this change isn't gonna occur in my lifetime. I'm not, I've, I've already told my daughter who's uh, uh, gonna be 11. I kind of made a pinky promise with her. I go, look, if, if, I, if things don't change in math education in my lifetime, will you help? And so she kind of you know, smiled and kind of gave me this sort of melancholy look saying, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll chip in, I'll do my part. So I'm in it for the long game and I'm in it for, and so even something like the Human Restoration Project, or there's there's other there's so many kindred spirits, you know, uh, much like even the both of you, and and I'm sure we all know lots of people. This this is it's not going to go back. Like the currency of um, standardized testing, yeah, it's still around. It's still going to be around for a couple of years, be around for the next decade, but its currency will never be higher, and all these things will eventually decay. Um, because you know we're in the second age of social media and everything's transparent. So um, I really think that we are going to um, see some kind of changes in this uh, next coming decades. And and it starts with even just having conversations like this. It, it doesn't have to be super formal. It doesn't have to be, you know, the best PD is sometimes in between going to a workshop, you know, at a bar, in the restaurant, or in a bathroom sometimes just talking. So all these conversations are, are helping, I think. You make an incredibly important point about uh, the vision for change. 
And uh, as a school district administrator for uh, seven years, in a couple of different school districts, you see people come in with a vision for change that is immediate. It's how can we make the biggest impact right now? And whether that person is coming, you know, into a school district to make change for their own personal gain, you know, there are some leaders who come in to transform a place so that their reputation can change so that they can move on. And there are other leaders who come in because they just truly believe in, in one aspect of the educational system and they want to change the school that they're in to follow that mode but it's got to happen now and uh, that strikes a definite conflict with the way schools need to change there's too many people involved from teachers to students and there's funding involved that can't change without budgeting for years and years in the future and the long game is never really approached like it should be. And it's, it's a complete backwards design program again. It's, it's Grant Wiggins saying, what is the end game here? And how do we work back from it? And I think that uh, it's incredibly important to view math education change as what is the good, what is the benefit, and what's the reality of what the future should be like, not you know what are the just the, the little tiny quirky changes that we can make right now. And I mean, I truly believe in your message of mathematical learning through play. I believe in the message of connecting math to real life, not from trying to create a, a fake connection, but from extracting math from uh, a, ma a situation we see around us and trying to wonder about why there's mathematics in there. And so I wonder, uh, I see what you're saying about what, what's holding us back, but I wonder what you think um, the right next set of steps is from where we are right now or even just the next first step uh, to, to get us moving it, you know, in the right direction? Well, I think I'll maybe take a leaf um, out of your book, Instant Relevance, uh, because where most educators are, I'm not in the classroom, but um, most people are in the classroom and um, they do an extraordinary job, um, whether they're elementary, first year or seasoned high school um, teacher. It starts with um, building a relationship with your students, and that relationship is based on trust. So as soon as we start to, you know, unpack, unload the sort of traditional canon of math, um, all our good intentions are going to be washed away because we're not really, we're not really asking what they're interested in, and what they bring to the table. And you know, even with mathematics, we wipe the slate clean when they come into kindergarten. I'm sure kids have some raw understanding of, of counting and you know, you know, whatever they might think about math and maybe that's a starting point. So I think it's really important that first we just build some sort of trust with our students in terms of trusting us as um, people who are going to um, show them you know, math. And uh, that doesn't have to be math itself. I mean, it can be anything which they are interested in. I mean. You know, my daughter plays Minecraft, my son plays Fortnite. Um, I've started asking lots of questions in terms of, you know, what what do you get out of it? Um, you know, what's 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 the challenges that you face in these games? Um, uh, it's it's and now once that trust is built with my own kids, then my kids, even my own kids, are more apt to listen to something maybe more traditionally mathematical. So, I think the classroom relationship, classroom teacher-student relationship. That trust has to be built without mathematics first. That's always core to any classroom is uh, the relationship between the teacher and student. 
Um, I wanted to ask a little bit more specifics uh, about playing in math. And uh, I just want to get your answer to this question. Uh, what does it mean to play in math? You know, it's it's what I think it means. And I think it's it's kind of synonymous with math. If you're doing math, you are playing. And I think we just have to look at what did people do before the formal sort of construct of math education came about. I mean, people who were dabbling and tinkering in math, and I'm just going <laughs> to, those are two verbs in math recess, which are given to us, um, uh, one by Berkeley Everett and another one by David Petro, um, you know, just to dabble and tinker. This is what people did for thousands of years. They were dabbling and tinkering for no end game, but for the moment. And there was, <laughs> most of the people had dead ends and, you know, so mathematics is, is such a pure form of play of, of mental play and you're when you're and i know when i've been doing a question there's many questions i, I don't get right i and i um towards my latter part of my teaching career i used to assign all the calculus questions even ones i couldn't do and we wouldn't be able to do them in class but it didn't matter and um so it's just really just here's a math problem go and hopefully, like, you know, there's no kind of mandate other than the problem in front of us. And we're all going to explore the kind of uh, locked doors and blind alleyways together. And that to me is, uh, is, what, is what play really means is there's a, there's a communal aspect, too, that we're playing together. We can play individually, but I think we're also playing together and trying to, you know, uh, solve this sort of puzzle. So for me, math. Uh, play, um, it's not even a subset. I think it's just a complete uh, whole thing of mathematics. And that's funny. I lo absolutely love, like in my own life, coming up to a, a dead end in something that I'm trying to figure out. Um, even just today, I was trying to fix a lamp. I don't know. I'm home more. I'm doing some more stuff where I have this busted up lamp. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to fix this. So I look at, I took it apart. I had and uh, a little, a couple days ago, and I'd ordered this part. Part came in in the mail, and. Uh, Go figure, wrong size, uh, you know, screw to, to replace this lamp socket. And so I'm heading out to the store to figure this thing out. I come up to this wall of lamp sockets. None of them are the right size. I'm looking at this thing. I literally had exhausted all of my options to the point where I'm like, I don't think they make this piece. I think like this company makes it for this lamp, but nobody else does. And so I abandoned it. I'm like, I'm going to spend way too much money looking for this part. It's easier to buy a new lamp. But what I had been playing with the entire time was what's my problem? What's the next thing I need to figure out? I can't figure that out. What's available to me that I can use as a tool to figure out the next thing. And when do I have to give up and start over with something else, a brand new strategy that I have to, to try in this new spot. And that type of approach to life comes from the way I've been approaching math problems in life, the way a situation has been given to me. And I've been, I've had teachers who have said, can you do that differently? Can you do that differently? Can you do it differently? Can you do it a way you don't think I've ever seen before? And because of that, I've tried to creatively work around mathematical problem solving, which has absolutely in turn just changed the way I view problem solving of any nature. And I think that, that that's one of the power, most powerful aspects of play. It's not just building. Like I think we, a lot of the times when we think play, people think, what are the STEM toys? Can we bring Legos in? Can we bring Tinker toys in? Can we have our kids? It's not just building something. It's deconstructing something. It's getting into an escape room with somebody and having to be able to figure it out with what you know and the relationships you have. It's life. It literally is 
life. And so the play aspect is what makes life fun. And that's what makes math fun. And just to follow, I mean, uh, as you was, as you were talking, I was listening, I was trying to think about anything about play, which I might have missed. Um, and in, in, in our book, we, we reference a little bit of Dr. Peter Gray, who I believe is a, a child psychologist. He has a great TED talk on YouTube about the um, decline of play and the rise of mental illness. Um, but his definition of play is something that traditionally, I don't think I even did in the math classroom, um, maybe a little bit, but not a, not a lot, is that um, math, uh, that, sorry, play, for it to be play, has to be self-directed and self-chosen. So if you were to apply that to mathematics or the math classroom, are kids allowed to choose their own math problems to work on, their own puzzles, their own conundrums, their own riddles? Um, and another aspect of play is that you're also free to leave, free to quit any time. Um, we, we create this sort of domain of, you know, it's good to struggle, um, you know, a positive struggle. But I think we only mean that if you actually get to the end. Um, for me, struggle is, is all good, whether we achieve the end or not. Um, and that's where, you know, too often we just share the, the winning strategies of how to do a problem and multiple solutions. And that's great. But what about the, the, the sort of the yawning margin of emptiness, of, which happens most of the time, has happened most of the time in the history of mathematics? And I think we create, there's no, there's hardly any white space. Um, and this is the, you know, Dennis and I discussed this before we sort of uh, went on. We talked about the, you know, the math class, like a sitcom. Everything's got to wrap up in 28 minutes. You have to have the highlight and sort of the denouement. Um, it's, it's, it's such a, a false narrative of how we should be learning math. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you about your work with BuzzMath because a lot of the play that kids are doing this these days uh, is really in the digital space. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not all the time, but a good amount of the time, at least. And yeah. uh, it looks like, uh, you know, I've, I've never used BuzzMath. Uh, you'll have to tell us a little bit about that. But also taking those math concepts and taking kind of the progression of learning and some of those play attributes that you were talking about before. How have you been able to translate uh, play into the digital world? It's a good point you brought up about um, sort of ed tech and digital platforms. Um, you know, I, except for Geometry Sketchpad, I didn't use any technology in my teaching career. Um, I love working in the medium of chalk. I love when chalk kind of exploded and was on my sort of black pants. I felt like an artist. Um, so I was more of a pencil chalk person. I still am. So for me, working at BuzzMath allows me, they, they like the fact of a critical eye because for me, if it's just digital for digital sake, um, that does both technology and mathematics disservice. So what can technology do that uh, pencil and paper can't? And what, how can it uh, engage kids? What, what can it do in terms of manipulatives and um, having some sort of interactive, integrative feel? So these are all things which we try to do at BuzzMath in terms of the, the user experience. And it's not just, uh, um, there's a really good um, uh, picture um, I forget where, where I got it from, but it's a picture. It has a picture of a silhouette of a tree and has a picture of a silhouette of an iPad. And under the tree, it says, um, I wasn't meant to be a worksheet. 
and underneath the silhouette of the iPad, it says, neither was I. So for me, uh, the digital tool is like, what can we have kids do with math that makes it exciting and engaging? This is geometry and all these wonderful things. And not just BuzzMath, so many companies are really pushing the envelope to really have kids have a really positive experience. And I know the one thing that we do that uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of companies don't is we spend a lot of time with math history. And uh, we have kids explore and interact with uh, uh, mathematicians uh, from all the way starting from Aryabhata, 9th century India. We also have Ada Lovelace, Sophie Germain. So um, these are the kind of things which are generally absent that we have our students uh, engage in our platform. And that goes back to what you mentioned earlier, which is really important in all aspects of life, which is if you want to look forward, you'd better look backward a little bit first. You really got to get that perspective. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't want to make the same mistakes or if you would just want to not end up in the same place and in a big circle, feeling like you're going around in circles again and again. Did you, uh, I posted a couple times and um, I, I don't know how, I was so lucky that it came to my Twitter feed and I can send this to you afterwards, but there was a research article um, that came out last year I talked about the history of math education in the United States, um, specifically. Um, I don't, it might have happened in Canada, but it's specifically the United States. And it said when math education was first sort of uh, coming together in the 30s or so, like really thinking about it, um, it was more for uh, 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 sort of like a, for, for democracy, like, you know, for informed citizenry, that it had this really broad purpose. And that through time, it's been narrowed down to just STEM initiatives. And it's sort of ironic if you look at the kind of the political climate of the world, how important that kind of ideology would be, um, you know, 90 years later in terms of what is the purpose of math. And I think, you know, my own daughter, uh, don't, I don't know, she might become a veterinarian. I don't know what she's going to become. But I don't want her to stop having interest in math because it's not part of her career. I still want her to keep looking in the paper every day to see if someone solved Riemann's hypothesis, whether she becomes a baker or, you know, rides horses. To me, that's what mathematics should be in the end, is that it should be for everybody to have access to uh, all kinds of math. You know what? I think that is... Uh... That's the right and and the most powerful statement to uh, to close this episode of the podcast with that um, it, that it, it is just powerful to find the best way to have um, everyone have that access to mathematics in a way that is uh, it's enjoyable and free and freeing and uh, I think that's what we all hope for and I think we all need to continue to work together to reach so Sunil thank you. Uh, both for sharing your perspective and your background and the work that you're doing. And for our listeners who want to get in touch with you a little bit more and find out more about your projects and your work, uh, where can they find more about you and connect with you? Yeah, um, well, definitely on Twitter. They can uh, follow me at, uh, at Math Garden, capital M, uh, Math Garden. Um, they can also, if they want to reach out, uh, email, they can email me at uh, uh, my first and last name, Sunil Singh, at Scolab, S colab.com and uh, yeah that's the best place to interact is uh, social media and I think that's where all of us uh, feel excited about you know uh, uh, connecting with our kindred spirits and uh, you know uh, moving the flag well thank you so much for coming on I know that just talking to you right now has really uh, made me excited about going back into the math classroom tomorrow and showing kids what math can really be 
Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you.